You're listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison, episode number 40. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach Kristen Morrison. Hello, pet business owners. I am so happy to be with you all today and super excited about this episode. It is about hiring PTSD. (laughs) Some of you may have experienced this if you've hired before. If you haven't, hopefully you won't experience this. I know I did in my own business. Um, There were some things that happened with my staff and it was really upsetting to me and challenging. So, Without further ado, we're going to dive into the podcast here with Liz. Um, She is a coaching client, and she needs some help. She had a really bad experience with her previous manager, and it really made her afraid to take a risk and to move forward and hire someone else. So that's where she is right now. And she's also got a very highly developed caretaker nature, which a lot of pet business owners have. If you're listening to this, you're probably experiencing that in your own personality. (laughs) We people who love pets tend to want to take care of the pets and their humans and the humans around them. And it can be to our detriment when we are putting ourselves last in terms of caretaking, which happens to a lot of self-employed people, and it especially happens to pet business owners. So let's dive into this week's episode, and I will see you on the other side. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm okay. I don't know. We worked together once. I don't know if you remember me, if you... Uh, remind me yeah I'm in so many people I know I can imagine (laughs) yeah no I had worked with you a couple years ago I was in the transition of trying to figure out you know the growth of the company and I set goals for myself I've used a lot of your packages and materials over the year and I really like working with you so I'm really honored that I get this opportunity to do this well I'm Um, excited to work with you darling so yay so um I, I guess when I filled out the application, I was, I'm, I'm kind of at the standstill. It's 2009, 10 years I've been in business. Mm-hmm. I've had to restructure my business probably three times because I've been screwed over by staff, you know, the stealing of the clients and, mm-hmm. and then um, my last admin uh, office manager decided that she knew everything more than me and wanted to was trying to take over the company and was bullying me and it was just a, a horrible, horrible situation. So now I'm at the point where I haven't hired another admin because I'm like PTSD because the yeah. last few people have screwed me over. Yeah. Um, I, I know a lot of it has to do with the way that I'm managing them because I uh-huh. allow them to get too close to me so they feel that they can take advantage of me. I mean, that's uh-huh. what my friends around me tell me. Uh-huh. They probably so, know you. Well. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
You know, uh-huh. I'm like the mother figure. I want to help them. I want to do all this stuff, and that's fine. But there yeah. needs to be the separation, and I'm not good at that. Yeah. So I have not hired another admin because of that. I've had a few people. I'm trying to figure out, should I just get an admin assistant to just check the voicemail? I have your packets, the two office managers, stage one and two. Uh-huh. I use those. And, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on, but I have not been able to figure out the right solution for admin support. Okay, got it. So the first thing I want to address is you mentioned, you know, the mother mothering. So that's important to look at. I know that you are looking at it, but what I've noticed in my work with people that are that have that mothering tendency is that they set up that dynamic with whoever they're working with. And then what inevitably happens is kind of the teenager stage where whoever they're working with is like, I'm out, you know? Yeah, they I'm just, rebelling. You know, I'm, I'm rebelling, exactly. So, you know, if you're mothering somebody, their mother issues are going to come out. And that's going to be really challenging to work Interesting. with. Interesting. That's yeah. a very good point. Yeah. Okay. So really, really important to really look at the way that you are navigating your work relationships. And I love that I love your self awareness. That is key. So this is the beginning of change right here. Awareness is always the first step of I have a problem. Yeah. And you know, and even deeper than that for you is you really get it. You're like, this is an issue and I can see how it's played out in these relationships, these work relationships that I've had. So good for you, okay? I just want to acknowledge that, you know, you're more self-aware than some of the people that I've worked with who haven't been at that stage yet of awareness. So the thing is, is that what I found in my own business, because I really wanted my staff members to like me, it's important. (laughs) It's actually really, it is important that they like you, you know, okay. and that you like them. That is an important aspect of working together because especially in a pet sitting and dog walking company, there's a lot of intimacy in terms of, you know, them dealing with clients' homes and pets right. and, you know, and it's and trust. very, trust is paramount. So liking is important. However, it's not a familial relationship, nor should it be. So the reason why I'm I'm talking on about this in a little bit more depth is I really want this pattern to change for you so that you can then have a different experience with the people that you're working with. So I'll share a little bit about how I navigated this in my own work life. So I don't know how much you know about my company, but I have my business for 18 years and I had I hired over 250 people in the course of owning my business. I started hiring at about year two and I sold my business at year 18. So, you know, toward the end of my business, I had 35 people on staff. So it was a lot. It was a big herd of people. (laughs) I had a big flock um, and they were wonderful. And, you know, the reason that in part that they were so wonderful is because of our working relationship. And they trusted me and I trusted them. In the beginning, when I first started hiring, I had never been a boss before, ever. 
So I didn't know what I was doing, and I learned the hard way through, you know, becoming very, very close to my staff members, including a manager who did a similar thing that yours did. Um, And that was early on in my business, and it was, I had the same thing. I had PTSD around hiring. It took me a long time to hire a manager again. But what happened after that experience is I learned from it, and I began to realize these people are not my friends. Nor do I really want them to be because the business in and of itself can be very consuming. And if the staff members and clients become friends, then your whole life revolves around your work. Right. And, and I mean, it already does life. anyway. It right. already does anyway in this exactly. type of business. And, you know, ultimately, I mean, some of them really wanted that for me. And I had to continually set boundaries around that. Well, how do you set boundaries? (laughs) Well, let me tell you. So what I would do is, you know, some of them would say, hey, let's go out for a drink. And I would say, you know what? I'm not available. You know, I'm not available for that. Once I'm done with work, I want to be done with work. And I know inevitably we're going to talk about work. That's not going to be good for you or me. Right. And so, you know, and sometimes they would ask me again and I would say the same thing, sort of like a broken record. But gradually they learned. And it's and still we had incredible connection, you know, and right. I was very connected to them and really cared about them. And, you know, when I sold my business, the woman who bought it said to me, she asked me, what is the culture that your business has? You know, every business has some kind of culture. I say that in right. quotes, but it's like the energy, basically. Of your business. And I said, you know, my business, the culture is love. And she was Hmm. like, what? (laughs) She said, I get that with the clients, the pets, but with the people, the clients and and the staff. And I said, absolutely. You know, there was love and yet there were boundaries in terms of what I wouldn't and wouldn't do with them. And they learn to trust that. It's sort of like when you're dealing with kids. If you don't set boundaries with them, they don't trust you. Right. Oh, and so, right. Yeah, they've done a lot of studies on this. So with playgrounds, if, you know, as big as the fence is in the playground is as big as far as the kids will go. And when they didn't have a fence around, they actually came in closer because they were concerned. <laughs> it uh-huh. makes them nervous not having a boundary right. around. Huh. And it's the same in a way with staff. Not that staff are kids, but the energy is the same. You know, employees, staff members, they want to know that there are boundaries in place. So that's the first thing in terms of looking at this is really kind of analyzing your behavior of how you've let them in too close, how perhaps you know, maybe they've done something that you didn't appreciate and you didn't call them on it. The sooner we can call people on what they're not doing right, the more we can do it in the future. Not that we want to do it all the time, but we do want to correct people right. if they're not doing a good job. And right. so that's something that a lot of business owners have a problem with, the ones that are very caretaking You know, they don't want to rock the boat. And they also feel like, wow, these staff members are my key to freedom. I don't want to rock the boat to my freedom. And yet you're rocking the boat when you don't 
set boundaries and when you don't tell people what they need to do or not do in your company? So I I have the, one of the problems with that is my office manager. I knew her socially personal before she was hired, so okay. we were already friends somewhat. Yep. Yeah. Before, so that was one of the things, and and I was going through a very difficult personal time. So, um, the whole thing about you want them to like, I want them to like me. That is my challenge. Is like. I want them to like me, so I would make exceptions all the time. You know, set rules yeah. and then make an exception. So I've been doing much better with, I have one person in particular who's been a long, long, long-term friend. And she's mm-hmm. quit several times saying, I'd rather keep our friendship than this job. Uh-huh. And we've, we've been able to communicate and say, you know, saying, look, you know, I'm, I'm going to come and tell you if you do something that needs an improvement. I'm going to, she's a contractor, so we obviously, I don't train her, but I make suggestions and things. And, I, you know, so I'll be more accepting and understanding of your feelings that you're sensitive, but you also have to be able to take my con- constructive criticism as constructive criticism, not as, oh, my God, I'm going to fire you because you didn't close the job out, you know. Uh-huh. So I think she and I, it's been a very good process. So my walkers, I'm much I'm better with that. I'm much better with that. But it's now moving on to my office, seeing, getting back to the phase of being able to trust and hire another, uh, an office manager. So um, okay. I... I haven't, I just hired some, filled up my stable, so to speak, with my mm-hmm. walkers, and, and I feel Great. good about my staff, and now it's time to continue to look for an office manager and figure, do I need them to just be more of an admin support off-site, mm-hmm. and, you know, because this last person was, like, telling me, I mean, I can't afford a $50,000 a year salary, no. and she, want me to, she wanted me to support a, part, <laughs> a part-time um, virtual appointment job. She wanted to make like $25 an hour. She had no bookkeeping. And I told her, you know, I'm pretty fair. I said, well, the job starts at this. If you mm-hmm. go and you get learn bookkeeping and you can save me the money from my bookkeeping, then I can raise you up to closer to 20, but you have yep. to prove yourself, yep. you know, and she never did. And part of that was because it was my fault because I was, you know, giving her things and, and asking for things, but never saying, okay, here's a timeline. I want you to complete this by this time. Mm-hmm. So That's so, the boundary setting. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I'm, that's definitely an area that I'm working on. I feel that I'm getting better at that. But yep. um, now it's the time to do it with an actual admin person. So okay, it's, great. It's a big, that's a big challenge for me. In, in okay. General couple things about this. One is I'm going to encourage you never to hire a friend again. (laughs) Right. Okay. A friend or a family member. I have dealt with more pet sitters and dog walkers and dog trainers who have hired friends and family that have had really huge challenges than you would ever imagine. (laughs) Um, It's just, it, it, you know, it's very rare if it works. Yeah. It's it's the exception to the rule. Yeah, so going absolutely. forward, that's a lesson to learn. Yeah. No more. And, you know, I would say if this doesn't work out with your friend once more, because you've got a history of it, like you guys work it out and then it doesn't work out, that's stressful for both of you, the drama. 
right. need that in your life. Your right. business doesn't need that. Right. Um, so I'm going to suggest that if it happens again, and, you know, I can almost bet my life <laughs> that it will because right. of the history of it, I would say don't hire her back. Just right. don't. Find somebody else. I know it seems like that's the easier route. It's, it's like, well, I know her. It's so not. No, that's so not much the stress. reason. To me, mm-hmm. that's not really the reason. I mean, personally, I know she's relying on me. I helped her get her back. I'm like the charity. I'm a charity worker. You know, I give the charity, get all the charity cases. But been, it's been so challenging to find good people that mm-hmm. are available to work. But okay. um, I, I found I was making a mistake with my hiring with Indeed. I was doing the the sponsoring them, so it was costing me a bloody fortune oh, to do it. Yeah. And now I realize that you can do it. So I managed to get several great people via um, that via Indeed without paying a fortune. So wonderful. I've, I've, at the time when I hired her, it was because I was so frustrated with not having the staff and putting ads in Craigslist mm-hmm. and getting, you know, and, and the whole process, which across the board and because of Rover, I believe, mm-hmm. and WAG, that it's a lot more challenging to hire pet sitters and dog walkers. But I feel confident that at this point that um, with with what I have done this last time, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm good. doing well. Well, the thing with Rover and WAG uh, walkers and sitters is that, they often are doing that for supplemental income. And so they often like to fill it with regular jobs, you know, in terms of perhaps working for you or someone else. So I wouldn't let that get you down too much. I mean, it does definitely impact, you know, the amount of people that are out there. But Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I understand. It just affects Mm -hmm. the pool. It does. Um, I have nothing against hiring anybody that's doing that, providing their mm-hmm. qualifications and everything meet my standards. Of it's course. More of my, my mentioning of that is much more people, you know, can use um, Rover and WAG or whatever to be able to make that supplemental income without, yeah. you know. So what I've been trying to do is separate myself both in the business as in my marketing as, as well as my hiring is mm-hmm. distinguishing myself as a local business because I use time to pet. So I have mm-hmm. a fabulous system. So I have everything. I try to tell them, look, I'll fill up your schedule. You don't have to worry about getting business. Mm-hmm. So I, it's, that portion, I think I'm okay. But as far as, you know, looking again, I'm going to do the same thing what I did with my sitters that I just hired and go through Indeed and go through the whole process like I would any other time. Great. And, and I would... Skills. Go ahead. I would say Facebook ads, help wanted ads can be great. I've worked with a number of people that have used those as well. I have not had good experience with Facebook ads. I oh, say, not not necessarily ads, but the help wanted ads. I so, I've used I've used them and okay. people, yeah, I've not had success with okay. it. Okay. I a I've, couple times I have, but this last year I haven't I actually mm-hmm. hired two people in the past but recently I have not like everybody would I, I would get these people maybe I'm doing it wrong from you know that are like an hour away and I you know I specifically tell them they must be 10 to 15 minutes from my town well the thing is is that you can't actually legally say that because oh. that is um geographic racism 
Wow. So, yeah, you have to be careful with what you say in the ad. So I would I would not put that in your ad. What you can say is if you live outside of these particular areas, the commute will be really long <laughs> and arduous right. and expensive. <laughs> so that's a, what kind of some wording around it. Okay, um, that's a good point. You know, point. the jobs are located here, so if you live outside of these areas, it, it might be challenging for you. Um, are you using the application packet for pet sitters and dog walkers before you interview them? Uh-huh. Okay, good. Yeah, you mean that the, you have the application that has all the details and all yeah, of that. They, yeah, they fill that out and they either email it or snail mail it to you. Okay, great. They give it to me in the meeting, and then okay. we review. And then when we re- we review it in person, that's mm, what I've I'm, been doing. Okay, I'm gonna have you reframe this a little bit. Okay. So what I'm gonna encourage you to do from now on is when you get responses either from Indeed or wherever Craigslist, wherever you're placing the ad, what I want you to do is if somebody's not a good fit, you're not gonna be sending them the application packet. You know, if they clearly aren't the right fit fit from what they're sending you and you see that. Right. But if they seem like they could be a good fit, send them the application packet. Ask them to, um, I, you know, since you're kind of in a hurry to find people, I would say have them email it back to you. Let them know when they need to email it back to you by. Five days is plenty of time. Um, so you want to give them, again, boundaries, okay? You're setting the fence. Up so that they know when to respond by and say, you know, please fill this out, email it back to me within five days. I am going to be doing interviews next week, in-person mm-hmm. interviews, and I'd love to be able to consider you. And that way you can re- review the packet beforehand because otherwise you're going to be meeting with a lot of people that might not be a good fit. Better well, no, the, re- go ahead. Better, better to review to, the packet before you meet with them. Okay. So what? So this has been my process. So I get, let's say, 65 resumes. I look through it, see, you know, what their, you know, background is, and and and, and anyone that I feel is um, suitable, I send them a, a, a questionnaire. I give them 10 questions, like, can you walk 10 miles a day? Can you, you know? Can you, does your car, you have a reliable form of transportation. Um, Are you within 15, I know now I have to figure out that question within the, because I've always said, are you within 15 minutes because of it's, because of the commute. It's a long Mm -hmm. commute and so I'll figure out that. But so when I get those answers back is usually then I'll say, okay, let's set up a telephone interview. So I've been making the steps already and then what? Ha- and then once I've said, okay, we're going to have a, an interview in person, I send them the packet so that they can um, fill it out and then bring it to me in person. So what you're saying is I should probably receive that before I even set up a phone convert telephone. Or here's what I'm going to recommend: you have way too many steps. I'm not surprised that you hardly have anybody to choose from. (laughs) Here's what I want you to do. I want you to place the ad. People will respond. You may or may not respond to them, you know, whether they're a good fit or not. If they're a good fit, send them the application packet. Ask them to email it back to you within five days. You review the packet 
if they're a good fit from you reviewing the packet, then set up an, an interview. A phone interview or no, an in-person, in-person interview. Yep. So you never, you don't have a conversation with anybody nope. first. Nope. Huh. It takes too long. I did in the very beginning, but you know what I realized is, you know, especially because there's more, um, fewer people out there, you have to cut to the chase sooner. You know, you yeah. have to. It's sort of like online dating, where you want to meet people right away rather than do the whole chit-chatting for years, right. you know? Right, right, Just, you know, but, and that the application packet's going to give you so much information. It doesn't necessarily guarantee that that person's going to be a good fit, but it does guarantee that you will at least want to set up an interview or not. And okay. I just think you have way too many steps. People are going to fall out. They're going to be like, forget it. This is right. too much work before I've even started working. And it's true. Right. Right. Um, they're okay. still going to have to work hard with that packet. You know, it's like seven pages. They have to fill yeah. it out. But, you know, I found that the people that filled it out, you know, were... Really, the ones that were really interested. Oh, they were so committed and interested. And they also got a real clear sense of what the job entailed. So right. it was helpful for them, too, not just for me. Right. Yeah. Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you're at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days online course gives you step-by-step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The four-week Pet Business Catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high-paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That's PetBusinessCourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. So one of the things that I was talking about um, is more about the net and and so right now I'm not I'm not putting up any admin costs into my business. So okay. when you say make your net the best and make it make it so that it's running because I did your um, the sell your biz prepare your business to sell uh-huh because um, that's the other area where I'm trying to figure out. So quickly, um, yep. Is it you know 
when you say running on its own, does that mean like I can just, I'm the person buying my company, I'll give you $100,000 and they're just an investor and they're going to sit back and let somebody else run the company? Or when you say running on its own, to what degree do you mean by that? Okay. And so just to clarify for people that are listening that may not know what you're talking about. So when I did my How to Sell Your Pet Business webinar, I talked about how important the net is versus the gross. And the net right. is the amount after um, expenses. So right. the gross is the total basically. amount. Exactly. Right. So um, when I say that your business should be able to run on its own, it doesn't necessarily need to not have you present at all running the business, but you'll make a higher profit when you sell and make more money from that sale if you are able to show that the business can run without you. What I mean by that is having pet sitters and dog walkers working for you, ideally having a manager working yeah. for you because that yeah. really shows that you're not absolutely instrumental in running your company. It doesn't mean that if you're doing all those things, the dog walking, the pet sitting, the managing, you know, the admin work, um, if it's just you doing it, that you won't be able to sell your business, but you'll have a better chance of making more money from mm -hmm. the sale. Yeah. Okay. okay. And I, I want to address to um, Liz, before we end here, your office manager situation. And also really, again, empathize with you and the PTSD because it's very real. You've had a bad experience, and I'm so sorry to hear about that because it can be hard to trust again. But the thing is, is that I want to let you know my experience. It might help you. So, Again, I had one person early on that did a similar thing to me when she was managing. Um, didn't hire for a number of years another manager. Realized that I wanted more freedom in my business and that was really the key. I had to do it in order right. to be able to, to travel and do all the things I wanted to do outside of my business. And so I did end up hiring. And what I did is I hired within my company. So oh, I you promoted at, from within. Yes. And so that enabled me to trust again because it was there were two people in particular that I first hired that were wonderful. And they had worked with me for a couple of years. We trusted each other immensely. We had great communication. They were organized. They were quick to respond. I just could tell that they would be great managers, and they right. were. They ended up being my main managers when I traveled. Yeah, they were fantastic. So when you converted them and took them from, do do they did they still uh, do work out in the field or they were did. they only, okay. They wanted to. If they hadn't okay. wanted to, that would have been fine. But they really wanted to do both, and you know they wanted to manage because that was helpful in supplementing their income. Now right. I just I want to clarify something though. I say manage. They actually were more like admin assistants. Yeah. Right, and exactly. if you if you you know put in an ad manager, you're going to have to pay more. Yeah, you're going to have to pay a lot more for an office right. manager than you would an admin assistant. So the title really does matter. Yeah. It may not seem like it does, but it does. It doesing't mean that they can't. You know, I'm saying managing quotes, but like manage your staff. You know, right. scheduling things like that. But ultimately, you know, you should be the main manager at least for the first year that you've hired them as they begin to 
know how to manage. Because man, when I say manage, again, be an office assistant. Because right, it's a very different role from pet sitting or dog walking. So I realized you were not allowing anybody to assign. They didn't make any assignments. So the problem that I was having is that my office manager was doing both, so she was assigning all of these jobs to herself. Yeah. You know, okay. and then all my staff, the, everybody that was out in the field were, like, doing visits, and she was having, like, seven to ten. Yeah, so, so that happens if you don't set boundaries. I had to do that, too, because I saw that my managers were doing that, and I said, you can't. You know, you can give yourself, like, one every five <laughs> pet right. sit calls or dog walk calls, but, you know, we've got to diverse it, diversify right. it. And so... Right. Again, it comes back to setting boundaries, being really clear, noticing when something's not working, and calling people on it in a loving, right. clear way. Right. So I think that right. what happens, I know we have to go, but in the, what happens to me is that I'm, it's either the muttering or like I'm freaking out. So I need to find yeah. that happy medium is where I need to be. Yeah. And I would begin, you know, one of the first steps to really figuring that out is like imagining what would that look like? So you know the drama spectrum, you know, but you don't really know the peace spectrum. What does that look like in your business? And, you know, one way that you can identify that is to just notice when it's there, when there's no peace. Yeah, yeah, when there's no drama, when there's no fires to put out, it does happen in your business. Yeah, no, right now it's like that, it's, <laughs> except for somebody just, somebody quit today and there was a car broken down, but it's not drama, it's just things yeah. that happen, stuff. you know, that's yeah. normal stuff. Right, but, um, but when you have this moment of peace, when there isn't the car breaking down or somebody, I mean, that is some drama, That's yeah. cha- those are challenges. But when you have this even keel experience, I want you to just breathe and like ah, kind of sink into it. Begin yeah. to trust that. You know, you're used to the adrenaline of your yeah. business. Yeah. And when we're used to something, that's what we're identifying with and that's what we're drawing to us yeah. because that's in our consciousness and, you know, it's all around us. But, you know, the more you can begin to pay attention to those moments of, Ah, and really just sink into them. That's when I will start to feel guilty because I'm not doing enough. (laughs) So that needs to stop. Like, you just need to have some tough love with yourself. When you start to feel that guilt, just go, go away, guilt. Like, go (laughs) sweep. I want you to sweep the driveway, guilt. Right. You know, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to bask in my peace. You know, and, that, the, and the piece is, and the piece is what is the growth of my company, and knowing like, wow, I've done this on my own. Yes, and, you have. And I've gotten, I've been, I'm in ten years. I'm close to hitting two hundred. That's the big start, you know, yeah, right there. Yeah. I've been, yeah. So great, and it, Liz. Oh, you sweetheart. I'm so proud of you. You know. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah, and I really want you to look, like an action step that I'm going to give you is to look amongst your current staff and see who could be potentially a good manager and send them the application packet. You know, ask them if they're interested, 
send them the office manager application packet, even though you've worked with them. This is a very different role. I don't know they if I have it. Does, that out. I don't know if I have that. Does, does that come with the office manual? No, you might have just gotten the office manual. The office manager kit comes with the um, application packet okay. for so office you, manager. Do you, do you sell that separately? I do. I do. Okay. I sell that I'll separately. Open. Yeah, you can okay. just Google office manager um, application. You know. Oh, application. Okay. Yeah, office manager application, six-figure pet business academy, and you'll find it. Okay. And I can also email it to you. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. Could you? Yeah, just... I'll email you the link to it. Yeah, Thank that's you. no that problem. That would be great. All right. All right, my dear. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Good luck today with everything right. you have going on. Thank you so much. Have okay, a great day. good care. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that coaching session with Liz. I enjoyed sharing it with you, and it was really a pleasure to work with her. I really enjoy working with people who are challenged in their business. It is such a fun challenge for me. <laughs> you know, When I am coaching people for the podcast, often they have applied to be on the podcast. And if you're interested, you can check it out on the show notes. Um, if I still have sessions available, you'll see that link on the show notes and you'll be able to apply to be um, on the podcast and get a coaching session with me that'll be free and it'll be aired on a future podcast. But what I wanted to say is that when I get these applications from coaching clients, I tend to book them a month or two in advance once I've reviewed their need and what they need. And I forget. And I basically am doing cold coaching. So I don't remember what they needed help with. Occasionally, a client that's going to appear on the podcast, you know, will email me and say, can I change my mind? This is what I want to cover instead. But personally, I prefer not to know. I prefer to just dive in without knowing. So sometimes you may hear me, you know, pulling out information and it's from the coaching client. And it's because I really have no idea what they are wanting help with when we're starting a session. I work intuitively and logically, so I have both cylinders running in my brain, <laughs> right and left side, right, right and left hemisphere, and I find that that really is the way I work best when I can just dive in and not even know what people are going to be asking me. I really like improvisation and um, kind of doing Aikido with whatever challenge is arising, so... I wanted to share that with you so that you had some background in how I'm working with people on the show. If you're interested in getting a private coaching session with me that's not aired on the podcast, you'll also find that in the show notes. And the show notes can be found at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 40. That is prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 40. And that's the number 40 at the end there. And I also just wanted to give a shout out to all of my Jumpstart 
four-week pet business program attendees. By the time this airs, that program will be complete, but I just want to let you all know that I am so enjoying working with you guys. Oh, it's such a wonderful group of pet business owners from all over the world. We have a pet business owner from Portugal. We have a pet business owner from Canada. Lots of pet business owners from all over the U.S., somebody from Australia. It's just been pure delight to work with you. And I've been working with them every Wednesday night for four weeks. And If you are interested in attending a program with me, I do live programs periodically throughout the year. I also do monthly webinars. So if you're interested in kind of getting a a bump up into your business, I'm happy to help. Um, I have a lot of different topics that I work with throughout the year. And also, I have a catapult program that you're going to hear about in just a minute. I'm going to dive into that to tell you a little bit about it. So right now, I want to wish you just such a great week. And if you're interested in hearing about the catapult program for about a minute or two, here we go. If you want to take what you are learning in these podcast episodes and actually apply it in your own pet business, to not just listen to these segments, but actually have your hand held through the process of taking your business to the next level, you'll want to check out the Catapult Anytime Access Pet Business Program. It's a four-week online program that you can attend whenever you like and wherever you are at in the world. The Catapult program will help you find and hire great people, provide inexpensive and free marketing ideas that will help you get your ideal clients, and support you to remove the blocks that are standing in the way of you taking your pet business to the next level. And that is just the beginning of what Catapult's about. It comes with a 90-page catapult guidebook, interactive class recordings, and a private Facebook group to support you in your next level journey. To find out more and read testimonials about what past catapult graduates have experienced from attending the program, visit sfpbacademy.com forward slash catapult. That's Six Figure Pet Business Academy, sfpbacademy.com forward slash catapult. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.